0: This is The Immigrant View, a podcast for immigrants by immigrants. Welcome to the show. The Immigrant View is brought to you by immigrantnetworks.com. Hello, everyone. It's a beautiful day in the land of the living. Welcome to The Immigrant View. My name is Aya Owaduni. I'm really excited to be here with you today. Today, I want to challenge all the immigrants in the diaspora, as we like to say. Today, I want to challenge every single one of us that like to take pictures when it's snowed outside so that we can show our people that we're standing out in the snow. I'm just joking. Today, I want us to have a really great conversation about the importance of giving back. And I have someone today who is doing this in his community. And when I say giving back, usually we think of maybe sending money back home to our parents. When we look at the amount of money that goes back home, you know, from statistics from Western Union and some other key places, there are billions and billions of dollars that immigrants are sending back home on a regular basis, uh, which is great, which is fantastic. We're taking care of our families. We're taking care of grandma, grandpa, and uh, we're helping people fix their cars. We're sending Christmas presents and, and, and all those amazing things that we all do. I want us to start thinking and looking beyond that. How can you serve your community? And today I have the Chief Privacy Officer of Christiana Care Health System. Um, And he is also a director as well. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm pulling this out uh, for what I have here. Uh, Interim Chief Privacy Officer, also at Drexel University. Am I correct on that? I was, uh,
1: when I left, I was the acting Chief Privacy Officer
0: okay okay fantastic. So we have a Ghanaian brother here it's his uh, Aquaba yeah um, and yeah, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's it. You know j- just an FYI uh, my honeymoon was in it was in Ghana and I would never forget after going to like few places and they always asked are you from Nigeria? are you from Nigeria so one eventually after <laughs> I first frustrated I said, why do you keep asking and how do you know? They're like, well, first, you're too aggressive. <laughs> that's a Nigerian trait. And you are tall. <laughs> you're tall. And three, you bargain everything. If we say $10, you would say, no, five. <laughs> Why <laughs> should I pay that? <laughs> and they're like, that's the set price. You Nigerians bargain everything. So um, I have Robert Asante here with us today. Uh, Robert, it's a pleasure being here with you. Thanks for joining us.
1: Absolutely, Ayo. Thank you so much.
0: Robert, I'm going back in time now. We're going all the way back to 2007. Wow. It's been 14 years that we've known each other, 14, 15 years.
1: I, I think your calculation is about right.
0: That is crazy. Time flies. Time definitely flies. So we're here to talk about giving back, serving in your community, but I want to hear your story first and then also the foundation that you've created back home. So tell us, who is Robert? When did you arrive in, um, you're in the US and what was your story going to the US? Ayo,
1: thank you so much for uh, this great opportunity. I think, you know, uh, there are many, you know, immigrants, you know, around the world. Um, Sometimes when we talk about immigrants, it it seems as if we are only talking about the immigrants who live in US, Canada, and, you know, in, uh, in, uh, in Europe. Uh, But you also have to understand that even in Ghana and Nigeria and other places, there are immigrants there. There are people from different places who travel to Africa to do business, to stay there and uh, conduct um, um, different businesses. So for me, my immigrant story is probably not different than uh, any other immigrants that you will run into. But it's, I think it's uh, today, since we, you know, I have the opportunity to speak with you, I will just talk about, you know, uh, my story. So I came to Ghana, um, sorry, I came to the U, I moved to the U.S. Uh, from Ghana uh, when I was 26 years old. Mm. Um, in Ghana, I, I work on my, fa- on, on my family farm, I was a farmer. I was uh, over there for many, many years. I did name it, I did it, we grew cocoa. Um, Ghana is probably uh, one of the uh, few countries in Africa that's, you know, um, our major, you know, export uh, is cocoa. So, you know, and that's what we did. We're farmers. We work work on a cocoa farm until I moved to U.S. So I came here in 1998. And, um, you know, I... Arrived in Philadelphia. Uh, we can we can go into how why I decided Philadelphia, but but uh, Philadelphia is where uh, where I arrived, and um, so my first job was you know working at Denny's restaurant. I was a dishwasher there. Uh, I took pride in everything I, I did. Um, you know uh, even after I left, when you when I when I go to Denny's restaurant and. You know, when I see the manager that I work for, he will always tell people this guy used to clean the bathroom and he, mm-hmm. he cleaned it better than anybody else. <laughs> you know, but I think that's, I did that for a while and, you know, I found another job um, in a bakery, Amoroso Bakery. For those who live in Philadelphia, um, they know about Amoroso Bakery. They make uh, the great hoggies for the Philadelphia cheesesteak. So I I worked there for about two and a half years. While I was working over there, I was also attending career school, um, getting my computer certification. So name it, I got it, Microsoft certifications and also uh, Cisco certifications. And then after that, I volunteered. I had opportunity to volunteer at Drexel University for six months. So I volunteered to demonstrate that I can fix computers. And then um, fortunately, somebody saw that um, these guys had working and, and they got me, you know, they they, 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 got, they, they employed me.
0: And that is then, amazing. So you volunteer. That is powerful.
1: I volunteered for six months. Wow. Six months just to demonstrate that I can do the work.
0: That is amazing.
1: Yeah. And then, and then from there, um, you know, I got a job at Drexel. So I, I got my undergrad over there while I was working over there. And then um, after my undergrad, the chief of staff at Drexel University at that time became my friend. Uh, his name is Toby Oxum. Uh He called me one day and he says, you have a lot of potentials. Why don't you go to business school? And uh, we sat down, we talked about it. Pretty much uh, mentored me, got me into the program. I finished my MBA over there. I went on to start my own consultancy. I worked for one of the banks. And then uh, Drexel, Call me back, they asked me to come back and help with the privacy program. So I went back there uh, in 2013 as a director of privacy. And then um, a couple, wow. couple of years, they made me the executive director. My boss left. I became the attending chief privacy officer. But while I was doing that, I was also teaching as an adjoint instructor for Drexel University. And uh, I fell in love with teaching. So. I thought maybe I could teach, you know, um, as, as a career. And uh, so I went to University of Pennsylvania to get my doctorate in higher education uh, higher education management. And that is pretty much uh, the, the, the education path. So after that, I was fortunate to um, get a job that I have now at, uh, at Christiana uh, Health System, the best, you know, I would say probably one of the best health systems in the nation. I'm really privileged for the opportunity to work over there because the leaders are very, very supportive. So that's pretty much my story here. You want me to talk a little bit about the foundation and the work we're doing in Ghana?
0: Yeah. Before you do that, I just wanted to say that your story is so encouraging from from dishwasher to volunteering and now moving all the way up, uh, executive director and then chief privacy officer. Um, for me, for anyone listening, and you're going through your survival stage in your immigrant journey, I just want to encourage you to just keep on keeping on. This is a great story here of someone that was able to push through all of that to get to where they are uh, today. And and I love what you said about you, not only did you clean that bathroom, you cleaned that bathroom. (laughs) I I did it really, really well.
1: (laughs) With pride. Yes, with, exactly, with pride. And, you know, I, I used to, my, my shift was the graveyard, you know, as they call it, uh, 11 to 7. Mm. So um, usually on Fridays and, you know, Friday evenings and Saturdays, you know, most people will go out, party, and then, you know, they, they need to eat something before they go to bed. So that's where they will come and they will eat. And most of the time when you go to the bathroom, it's not it's not what you want to see. But I, I I knew that I had responsibility and it was my obligation and I have to do a better job. So I took it seriously and, you know, mm. uh, I did the best. And I think, I, I'll tell you this, if you work hard, right, whatever you're given, you know, if you work hard and you do it really well, somebody would notice it. Somebody will see it. And I think that is what happened to me at Drexel. Just working hard, somebody saw uh, me and say, listen, let me see how I can help you. Mm. So I think I think that is it is pretty much the the, the law of nature. Uh, I mean, you know, you know, many many the stories of you know um, Muhammad, right? Mm. He lost he lost his parents when he was little, mm. and you know, moved from one house to another. Eventually, somebody found him and provide gave him opportunity. And he became a hero in his community.
0: Mm, mm, That's powerful. Thanks for sharing that. Let's talk about our foundation. So um, what I like about Robert is, yes, Robert is chief privacy officer. Robert's making the mula, like we would say in Nigeria.
1: I don't think so, but I'm I'm doing well. (laughs)
0: You should say background of where Robin is right now. I'm just joking. It's his neighbor's house. I'm just kidding. But um, beyond that, you're giving back to your community back home. Tell us about our foundation. Why did you create our foundation? And we'd love your thoughts. What what, what can you advise immigrants on when it comes to um, giving back to their community as well?
1: Thank you, Ayo. So I, I believe in social responsibility, right? I think, you know, um, that the, the Bible, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, you know, to those much is given, much is expected. Uh, I don't know. It's been a long time, but I think somewhere in Luke chapter 12, somewhere there. Um, um, so... I think much is giving doesn't necessarily means you have a lot of money, right? Um, We're talking about it could be talent, it could be time. You know, what we're doing here, you decided to to give me this opportunity to share my story. Um, You're giving me your time, your talent, and uh, your knowledge. Um, That is giving, right? So, um, so to those, much is giving, much is expected. If you have the knowledge, you have the talent, you have the time, you have the wealth, I think it is important to give back. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, you know most immigrants, especially those from Africa, when we want to demonstrate that we have made it, uh, mm-hmm. we buy the big cars and we build the big houses. Uh, right, um, and most of the time when you go to Ghana and Nigeria, most of those houses are empty. The 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 the, the housekeeper, you know, just polish the cars and clean the house and just lock it up, and nobody lives there. Yeah. Right. Uh, because those who own those houses live, you know, uh, in Europe and uh, America and Canada and other places. But I think it is important for us to realize that. The communities remembering our roots, right, going back to where we came from, because it is about culture and faith, right? We that's where we were born, that's where uh, we were formed, and there is there is a natural uh, um, uh, link to us based on where we, we where we grew up, and for those of us who had opportunity to travel outside. Um, I think this is expected of us to go back and help. So I took that seriously. I visited Ghana um, last year and I went to my village where I grew up. I used to walk many, 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 many miles uh, from my village, you know, to the nearest, um, I would say from my, from my cottage, you know, on the farm to the nearest village where there is school. And, you know, i come, and then walk back um, through the forest um most of the land has been cultivated now so it's no longer forest but you're walking through people's farms right and on the path crossing the streams and you know going up the hills so while I was there i saw um, about 52 children who still you know travel this path and it don't mean that you know this is this is really bad because um, we I did this for many years and now these children are doing it. Why can't we do something about it? Mm. But I thought about it and I am saying, how do we do something about it? Because look at Ghana. Ghana is about 16, 16 regions. So um, if you think of United States, you have states, right? You know, have 52 states. So Ghana has 16 regions. Mm. Each region is divided into districts. My district, the specific one where we we, we're talking about is the uh, is the uh, my region is the western region and the district is the pristia hunivari district that Mm -hmm. district has about two hundred and twenty three thousand uh people the region itself has about 3 million people Mm -hmm. the main the only road i will say you know in ghana we say feeder roads the only road is from one region to another that's the main road. So every other road is it doesn't exist or they are not you know, motorable, right? So most of the towns and the villages are along these main highways, right? So for the farmers who live beyond the, 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 the main road, when they harvest their crops, they have to carry it on their head and walk many, many miles wow. to get to the nearest road. Wow. If a pregnant woman needs to deliver, the young guys in the village have to carry the pregnant woman on their heads and bring, uh, and bring the pregnant woman close to the nearest road to get access to transportation to the- Even community. in
0: 2021 or 2020? Telling,
1: I'm telling you that the road, the infrastructure is not there. So you go to Ghana, you see a beautiful country, but when you go to the countryside, you realize that the problem uh, exists. So, you know, to cut a long story short, I came back and I thought about it and I said, you know, the little savings I have and, you know, whatever I can do, I'm going to do it. So I took that money uh, and I went, I found a contractor and we started uh, the road. Right now, I can tell you that we've done about uh, 6.2 uh, kilometers. We still have a lot of work to do because wow. some, some, some parts of the road needs to be uh, reshaped so that we can be able to uh, make it more travel But the goal is to finish the road um, by a shuttle uh, for, the, for the children, for the 52 children who live in the area to be able to get to school and back home uh, without walking many, many miles.
0: That's powerful. Thanks for sharing that. Now, I'm looking at your website. I see healthcare. Uh, I see construction, which is what you're talking about now. And I also see education. Uh, so, talk me through uh, what you do around education and what you're also doing around healthcare.
1: That's a that great question, Ayo. So, the, the, the basic assets, right? The basic um, construct here for this project is access, right? How can we provide um, the basic infrastructure uh, for people to be able to have access? So, when we talk about access, we're talking about access to transportation. But you realize that transportation paves the way to access to education, access mm-hmm. to healthcare, access to technology, access to municipal markets, access to um, any um, you know, uh, electricity. Uh, let's even talk about electricity, for example, because you know, these farmers, if they have access to electricity, when they catch their deer and they can't finish it, they could put part of the... Part of your meat in the fridge or let's say they go to the hospital they go to the doctor and the doctor says you need to store your medicine uh in a in a fridge or something in a certain mm. temperature they can put your medicine in the fridge so so the transportation provide access to the basic basic necessities of life things right. that they need right uh, that i've, I've mentioned um, i think healthcare because i work in healthcare uh, I see the need, and you know, uh, you'll be surprised. My website doesn't fully tell the story. I'm looking for money now so that we can upgrade the website and talk about some of the work we've done. But we are all we've already part, uh, partnered with some of the clinics over there, and we're doing a lot of work uh, for the for the uh, for the clinics. Mm-hmm. So 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 healthcare is another component that we want to concentrate on, and then the education piece. I think it is very important to realize that, you know, for Africa to get to the next stage, uh, to uh, to be able to compete, uh, we want to uh, not only focus on the inner cities with good education, uh, good, you know, um, you know, um, uh, teachers and all that, we have to build the rural areas, make sure that uh, we give the, the countryside, the, the the materials and the information they need to be able to compete as well. So education is also a component. of We haven't done a whole lot with education, but the goal is now, you know, um, the, the goal now is to uh, get at least the transportation for the children going in, and then uh, we'll focus on what other areas we can uh, support them. I'm very excited about this. I'm very, I've never been, you know, uh, um, you know, serious about any ten
0: light So, thanks for sharing that. So, there's a page on the website I'm looking at. It says uh, we're looking for public partnerships. We're looking for private partnerships. So, just walk me through that. I need to go shut the door because it's getting loud over here. But I uh, just keep talking. What do you uh, What are you looking for in terms of partnerships, especially from immigrants that are from Ghana that are listening or any? ally that is listening and saying, wow, I would like to be able to give back to these types of communities back home.
1: Okay, thank you. Io. So so when we talk about, you know, partnership, you know, public and private, uh, we're talking about individuals who, um, you know, feel the need to, um, you know, support some of the work that we're doing. So we're talking about individuals, private, you know, individuals who uh, have money, can afford and have the resource and want to be able to Supports the work we're doing. The public, uh, I'm sorry, that's the uh, sorry the the public, um, um, but uh, the the private is basically uh, businesses and organizations that uh, have money and want to be able to help uh, um, you know NGO, small NGOs like uh, mine uh, to 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 be able to make a difference in in a community. Uh, so that is what we're looking for. I'll give you an example, right? So in most countries, uh, businesses are supposed to have what we call uh, corporate social responsibility.
0: So right. part
1: of that, India, for example, um, passed a law. They call it the um, I think is the the Corporate Act 2013, uh, which uh, which which says that any company should should donate about I think two percent of their net profit to the development of their community, right? Mm-hmm. So, so the, the, the corporate social responsibility uh, contribution that comes from these companies, I think it should go into uh, not, uh, 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 I don't want to say politicians, but it should go into, um, you know, local local projects, right? That right. develop the area. I'll, I'll give you an example. The, the work that we are doing, I'm excited about it because it is now. We are not just hiring a, con- a contractor to construct road. The mm-hmm. the community is also involved. People donated mm-hmm. their land. People donated their time. Wow. If you see some of the pictures when we put, uh, when we put most of the pictures up, you will see it. The community uh, came together every time to support. Um, so they themselves are invested, and that is what we call the 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 the. the, the public-private partnership, right? So the three P's, making sure that the community itself is part of it. Because um, most projects, as you know, most projects in Africa, um, you know, somebody will go spend a lot of money, they do the project, they leave, and then, you know, nobody, there's no resource to either continue on or to uh, keep it going. So we want to make sure the community itself is invested and they own it. And that is what we are focusing on, basic infrastructure.
0: So there, thanks for sharing that. There are two questions um, that come to my mind that I anticipate some Nigerian listeners will ask. I don't know about Ghanaian listeners, but (laughs) the Nigerian ones, just like me, it's in our blood. Uh, First of all, governments, Um, what was that like? How were you able to gather uh, the governments? um, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, acceptance of this and thumbs up, like it baffles me, Robert. uh, And I don't want to go down memory lane and start creating a headache for myself right now. (laughs) You'll probably even hear my voice getting louder, but it baffles me leadership back home uh, where there's something that needs to be fixed. I remember our road where I grew up for 20 something plus years was never fixed. So there was always erosion and you're driving and you know you're bumping and hitting things. For I left in 2011, and as of 2011, the road was not fixed. One of my friends decided to go to the government, and in their record, it showed that that road has been paved and fixed twice. Mm. In their record, mm. so money was given, money was dispersed, but in the road was never made. So somehow, I ended up in somebody's pockets, <laughs> you know. But that's besides the point. So. How did you handle and deal with that, the corruption in governments? Um, Were they open to working and partnering with you? And what did you do around those types of things? Number one. Number two, sustainability. You talked about that. And I would like your thoughts on that. What did you do? I know you've shared bits and pieces, because if we are encouraging people to also go back home and do some things... We need to give them ideas and tools and tips and tricks that work for you. What did you do to create sustainability so that the roads long-term are okay? The healthcare programs, it's not when you leave, it all goes down the drain and somebody's selling the injections, you know, uh, and not adding it to the revenue uh, and and you don't get to see it's, uh, you know, at the end of the deal, people are selling your assets and it's not your balance sheet, but like, What did you do around sustainability? How did you work with governments? But like I said, that's a Nigerian focused (laughs) question. I don't know if that's something that you had to deal with in Ghana.
1: No, these are real questions. Um, You know, it it makes sense because you can't do the type of projects that we're doing now in Ghana without uh, involving the community. Earlier on, I did mention that, you know, Ghana has um, 16 regions, right? Um, and each region has been, you know, administratively divided into districts, um, and the districts, right, will have the district chief executive, right? Um, okay. And and as you know, Ayo, uh, you're you're talking about the government. I'm going to answer both questions. You're talking about the government, but you have to understand that Africa is a little bit different. It's not only the government you're talking about. The uh, the intersectorial you know, groups. So you're talking about opinion leaders. You're talking about the chiefs. You're talking about okay the businesses. You're talking okay.
0: about. I thought it was just Nigerian. I had to do but it. No, yeah, that's but, why I didn't bring it up. But no, that's
1: that's a good question. I'm glad that we're having this conversation, right? So, so the chiefs, opinion leaders, and you know, um, the community itself has uh, a lot of say in most of the stuff that goes on there. Mm -hmm. So so what we did is pretty much partnership with the community first, right? We need to partner with the community. And then uh, we saw that uh, it is important that uh, for us to move the project forward, we needed to involve some leadership within the community. And that is the district chief executive. So we reach out to the district chief executive. So even when I visited last year, I had a meeting with the district chief executive of my district, the, the, the pristia you know, um uh, district. Okay. Uh, I met with him and we talked about it. Yeah, And you'll be surprised. He said, Robert, I heard about your project. I'm very excited. Um, since this is a virgin road, this is a virgin road because there's no road over there. So they couldn't have budgeted for it. Uh, so it is not on the budget, but I sent my engineers to go and see the road, and my engineers have identified a couple of areas that needs to be strengthened before uh, we can commission the road. So, so <clears throat> even though they don't have money to give right now, uh, he has demonstrated that you know he's interested in what uh, a citizen of the district is doing and you know, committed some resource in terms of professional uh, resource here. So, so we are not, we, we partner with the district's, you know, administration to make sure that everything that we're doing is in order and on, because at the end of the day, when the road is finished, mm-hmm. you're talking about sustainability, we, there, there's going to be erosion, right? And they have, we have to repave the road somehow. So we want to make sure the district is aware and you know can add that to the feeder the the feeder road budget mm. um, uh, annually uh, to be able to keep the road going. So that is the partnership that we have for the district. Um, concerning and you know let's talk about the money aspect first. Now we're not giving the money that we 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 raise into the district. We are giving the money we. Uh, to the contractors and the individuals who are doing the work. I like uh, we, we, can, we can talk about you know, corruption in Africa uh, all day. I don't think that's what people want to hear. <laughs> I think people want to hear how we can get the work done. I think every single for us, we think this is uh, more important for the community than us. So every single dollar that comes to us or every single penny, uh, goes into the projects and we work with the districts but we don't uh the money does not go to the districts for them to use and uh, you you raise a great point um the question is you know why isn't the 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 corporate social responsibility um, donation going into developing these areas that is the question that you know is on everybody's mind mm-hmm. my district is the most uh is is, is the is one of the, the the biggest mining areas in, in Ghana. Mm. So we have a lot of mining companies there. If you don't work in a mining company, you are a farmer. If you're not a farmer, you're a trader. Why isn't the mining companies um, developing the area? And why isn't the, the CS, CSR money going into that? So these are all legitimate questions, right? So we can talk about that all day. But I think what we are doing is what is the level that we can do mobilizing the community, uh, partnering, um, uh, creating partnership with the community, the chiefs, the, the, the opinion leaders, the community leaders, uh, the district administration, and getting things done? So that is the uh, the the the, the administrative aspect in terms of sustainability. I will say that. Uh, in order to keep this going in, uh, in other areas, and we're not going to only focus in my district. Uh, we are also focusing in central region, which we've already started doing some work over there, you saw my website, um, the district. Um, one of the districts, you know, health directorates gave us, you know, uh, some kudos for the work that we're doing over there too. So. So we we're gonna keep going, and wherever we, we see a need, we will we will attack it. Uh, so it's not gonna be in one place, but the goal is to create you know basic infrastructure that does not require a lot of maintenance, um, providing water, providing um, you know roads, and basic amenities that people can use without you know a professional. Uh, assistance after it has been done. So it makes it easier to keep it going and sustainable.
0: Fantastic. Thanks for sharing us. In 2008, um, immigrants in Canada sent 5.33 billion U.S. dollars abroad, while um, Canada received 1.36 billion in remittance. So immigrants, we are sending money home. We are sending money to different parts of the world to add value, but most times that money goes straight to our families and we have to take care of our families. There's no doubt about it. But what I really love for what I'm hearing from Robert's story is going beyond taking care of our families, remembering the community that we came from and giving back to those children and giving back to those families and pulling the next Robert's out of those places so that that Robert can add great value wherever he goes as well. Robert, if anyone is interested in in giving to what you're doing, just hearing you and they're like, this is amazing and I want to give back or they're Ghanaians and they want to give to something um, as well back home, how can they reach you and how can they provide and donate to the worthy cause that you're currently on?
1: Thank you. I I really appreciate this opportunity. Uh, if anyone you know is interested and they want to support the work we are doing, they can go to our website uh, www.ourfoundations.org, uh, Our foundations one word ourfoundations.org, and you can make donation on the website. We have our address there. If you want to send you know a check or any any donation, uh, you can also Uh, do that. Uh, But I think, you know, I, I, if it's okay, if I can quickly say something, Um, I think immigrants, you know, we, 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 for some reason, I think it is a gift and a great opportunity um, for us, for those of us who have been opportunity, who've had opportunity to travel. Um, And I think it is important for us to look at some of our leaders, right? Uh, Madam Teresa, you know, he's serving in her community, right? They call her the Madam Teresa of Kakuta, right? She, mm-hmm. serves, she serves everybody, you know, not just Christians or Muslims, their community. And I think immigrants, we can serve in our community here in Canada, in Ghana, um, you know, in US, and wherever we find ourselves. But I think it's also important for us to do exactly what you said, reaching back, right? Remembering our roots and say, how can we also help support the people over there, not just building houses and buying beacons.
0: Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. Here's a great quote I see online. As you grow older, you will discover that you have two hands, one for helping yourself and the other for helping others. Here is a great opportunity to be able to use your other hand to help others. And I want to remind you of what Robert said at the beginning, to whom much is given, much is required. Jesus said it. Uncle Ben in Spider-Man also said it. With great power, that's what he said, comes great responsibility. Robert, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you, Ayo. Appreciate your help. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Why don't you do us a favor and share this podcast with a friend or colleague? The Immigrant View is brought to you by ImmigrantsNetworks.com.
1: Hi, I'm Nick Narani, founder and CEO of Immigrant Networks. Listen, if you're an immigrant or an international student looking to find a job and expand your network in Canada, Immigrant Networks is for you. Immigrant Networks, we say networking to get working. It is a community built by immigrants just like you to help you overcome one of the biggest challenges that immigrants have when they come here, and that is finding and retaining a job. Visit our website today and get matched within days with someone from your
0: profession and learn and grow. Immigrant Networks Networking to get working. Music provided by Bentsound.com.